Hello everybody, welcome back to Fastgate Rewatch. It's season four, episode two, What Was Lost, Part One. I am Can't Wear Hats and with me is Red Nightmare. It belongs in the museum. It belongs in the museum. <laughs> yeah, it's the adventures of Indiana Crichton and the lost <laughs> something or other. <laughs> we'll get into that in a bit, but yeah, so we're back with the uh, continuation of season four of Farscape and people are still scattered at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, though there is... You know what, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I'm not going to spoil anything. <laughs> Yeah, so um, if you remember, last episode was uh, John uh, aboard a dying leviathan uh, in the sacred burial grounds, and he meets Sikozu, who was working for people trying to harvest it, but she managed, she ends up teaming up with them and meets up again with Chiana and Rigel. And at the end of that episode, the uh, leviathan promises to take them to uh, the planet where they think some of their friends are, uh, in return for saving her from the Leviathan Hunters. And so, yeah, that's where we pick up. And and that's that's also what we see in the previously on. Including some other scenes that I'm pretty sure never happened. No, well, okay. So, in the previously on Farscape, we have, you know, clips from the last episode. We also see clips of Commandant Grazer, Braca, and Scorpius. And basically they're saying, like, Scorpius, you are not in command. You have nothing left, you know. And Scorpius is warning Braca that Grazer is a manipulator. Yeah, don't side with her. I made you, Braca. And Grazer promotes Braca to captain. Yeah, so, okay, and, and we're like, huh, well, this is relevant information, but I didn't don't remember this happening. I was going to say, I'm, now I know my memory can fail me at some point, yeah. <laughs> but I think I'd remember... Oh, I don't know, Scorpius surviving the um Yes, the command carrier. carrier. Well, okay, so those scenes were scenes that were shot for Crichton kicks, but they weren't used basically on put on the cutting room floor for time. Oh. And so the producers decided to include them here in the previously on Farscape bit to bring everybody up to speed. That's fair. I figured it would be something like that. You can actually find that scene uh, as a deleted scene on the DVDs. Ooh, with bon- bonus disc. Yeah, it'll be on the bonus disc. Uh, but, uh... I will be opening that later today. <laughs> but, you know, you get all the information you need from the previously on. But it, it is a bit confusing of like, wait, what? Oh, uh, well, yeah, I don't remember uh, uh-huh. this. When did Hang this on. happen? Uh, uh, uh. I mean, <laughs> we've had scenes inserted that weren't there before. Yeah. Before. Not usually in the previously on parts, though. No. Anyway, and so now we go to see what's going on, and the pilot of the uh, dying Leviathan, who was called the Leviathan, was called Elac. They're sort of groggily flying through space, and they found a planet where they think they say, "Well, like where we think your friends are," but the weather patterns are interfering. They're sort of heavy magnetic storms. Elac can't get a good bead on if they're down there or not, and. Oh, I need to have and John just puts his hand on her face like calm down. Rest. We'll go check it out ourselves. And uh pilot's like, Well why why are we searching this planet? It's uninhabitable. And John says that Jewel said that every few cycles the magnetics drop low enough for uh researchers like the dig team, he says, <laughs> to stay a while. And I'm like, hang on, what? Jewel told you what when? This is the sort of stuff that is this sort of stuff does happen off camera fairly often with like oh i remember you told me about this place and oh that's pretty cool like 
that doesn't bother me as much. That wasn't as confusing as the, oh, why are these suddenly extra scenes? But we'll get into this at the end. We'll get into this in the end, because I think that's probably the best point to talk about. This scene, among others. Yeah, okay. So, moving on, what happens is Pilot says that Elak doesn't sense any life forms, but Elak's senses are not you know, very good because he's weak and... You he know, put his slippers on backwards this morning, so it's, yeah. Elak's not there anymore, not completely yeah, there anymore. Yeah, you so. know, he's doing his best, really. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, but John's like, okay, no, you've done, you've done enough, you can wait, and uh, we'll take a look down there to the planet which is called Arnesk and so they head down and they find some ruins typical temple ruins yeah and you know it's a real set on the, in the outside with some like just dirty stone walls and tunnels and and so they're looking around and there's some like ankle deep water and John and Chiana are sort of sloshing around down there Chiana's like she draws her pistol I had a feeling and John's like wait you mean a feeling feeling yeah or <laughs> No, no, just a regular feeling. Okay. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, you take the torch, I'll take the gun. And uh, and they pop around the corner and somebody holds them up with a gun. And it's an Interon, which is the same species as Jewel. But uh, it's not Jewel. It's got black hair. And he's like, well, don't move, I'll kill you. Drop the weapon. Yeah, Peacekeeper, drop the weapon. John's like, common mistake. I'm not actually. And he's like, I don't care, drop the weapon. And then... <laughs> From behind this guy, out comes Jewel and Dargo. Yeah, and there's the whole cheery reunion. It's like, ah, Dargo, hug. It's like, John, and the guy's still like, like, (laughs) pointing the gun at them. And Dargo hugs John. John's like, oh, you're breaking my back. And Jewel hugs Chiana and then guy with the gun who's called Tarnat actually he's he's still like what what is what is this what is happening I don't, yes, I don't but understand especially Jewel is very happy to see Chiana yeah told you they become best friends <laughs> and so Dargo asks John like are Aaron and Rigel with you and John's like well Rigel yes Aaron not so much no and Dargo's like cheer up friend you'll hear from her John walks off pensively yeah and Chiana asks Jewel like is Moya here but uh, Jewel says Pilot and Moira are actually off looking for Aaron. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and so remember at the end of season three, they got sucked down a wormhole? Yeah. So it seems like they're okay or they're back, but they're still sort of a little scattered all over the place and we don't really know what happened there. No. So, so Dargo goes after John, comforts him a bit. John looks at some of the drawings there. Mm. And as they walk away, you can hear in the background, she uh, sorry, Jewel being like, Oh, this is great. We're all together and there's nobody to kill us. And out of the water in the room <laughs> John just <laughs> left comes some sort of sea beast. Yeah, creature from the Black Lagoon. You know, that sort of... John describes it like that. Yeah, he so, does. Uh, later I, in was, the episode. I was also thinking that beforehand, but like, it's like that sort of old school like horror movie merman monster but it's actually really brightly colored in like orange and yellows eyes are so cool yeah it's like a really cool uh costume practical effect and it's just sort of hiding beneath the water like and then goes down and swims off and i'm like yeah nothing trying to kill us of course it's never so easy (laughs) for these Uh... guys so uh, then we cut to see jewel talking to Crichton, and she's really excited to tell him what this place is 
And John's mostly interested in what happened with the whole wormhole business. Yeah. She, Jules like, ah, oh, stop. I can't remember anything else. Just now let me show. And I'm like, wait, part, whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean you can't remember anything else? Also, apparently Wrinkles knows because she, uh, sorry, Wrinkles is granny, the old woman. Because mm-hmm. apparently she talked a lot to Pilot. And you didn't care, Jules? You just, did, oh, okay. Wormhole came out, whatever. Well, like, from what she says, it's... All she rem- remembers is being spat out the other end. Yeah, but apparently Pilot knows, and she could have asked Pilot questions about that, but she didn't. Well, I don't know. I can see it from Jewel of being like, okay, no, we're out of it. I don't care. I just want to, you know, go away. I want to be a... I just want to forget about it. But mommy, I want to be an archaeologist. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so they go down to our, you know, they go down to our nest and start, you know, poking around. And Pilot and Moe go off after Aaron. So... Okay, fine. But yeah, if you want to find out what happened in the wormhole and how they got out of it, go talk to Wrinkles. She might be able to help. Are we going to stick with Wrinkles or Granny? Because we don't learn her real name, not even in this episode. So we we need to choose. It's interchangeable because actually Chana calls her Wrinkles quite often and John calls her Granny. So I think we'll go with Granny since that's what John uses. Yeah, fair, fair. I'll sprinkle a bit of Wrinkles in there as as we go along, because it is a good name. It's a good it's name, a good yeah, name. it's a good name. But so Jewel is explaining to John and Chiana, like, look, this place is really important, and the magnetic storms mean it's uninhabitable most of the time, but there are these sensors here that tell you how long you have left. Blue, everything is fine. Red, run like frelling hell. Yeah, she says, don't pack, just fly, like, you know. Yeah. Get out of there. And then she says the temple is a, the greatest archaeological find ever for the last 1,000 cycles. Because there are other Materions uh, like Jewel there on basically an expedition dig. And so, yeah, what they found here is really important. And Chiana is, like, not really interested. She's, she's, play- she's like, holding, like, an artifact in her hand. Or, no, John's holding an artifact in his hand, sorry. And Chiana is at the door, or you know, down a tunnel, and she's like, hey, is that valuable? And Jules like, well, I'd have to ask one, and she just chucks a rock at it. <laughs> just like, good arm. <laughs> and Jules like, hey, what's going on? And Yeah, Janet just goes off. It's like, fine, I'll go look for Wrinkles and Dargo. Just, she goes off. And I like that Jill asks, what did I do wrong? Because she actually cares. Any criticism I can level at this episode is separate from the fact that they're finally characterizing Jewel. I I like that because she was we we know something that she's interested in now. You yes, archaeology and yes, she she's really into this. She's incredibly excited about it, and I am so glad. Yeah, but John says like you know, Chana's had a rough time away from Moya. Like she's not doing very good right now. You know, you didn't actually do anything <laughs> it's not your fault no don't worry about it too much yeah don't put this on yourself so then john goes to go find the uh, old woman or goes to find granny sorry and uh dargo's also already looking for her and jill's like come on stay stay with me dargo's looking i want to talk to you about i want to tell you about this place and john's like okay fine, fine. <laughs> she leads him by the hand down downwards into the uh, ruins. And so there's a quick scene actually with Chiana and Dargo because Chiana's gone off to look for Dargo and he approaches her and he's like, I couldn't find the old woman. 
So I came inside to look in here. How are you? And there's this sort of t- slight tension between them. And, and Dargo smiles and says, you know, it's good to see you again. And he starts talking about the dig and how some of these things are quite remarkable, actually. And Jill and me have been working uh, on this from dawn till dusk. Oh, uh, yeah. And Chiana's like, you and Jewel, huh? And he's like, yeah. Yeah, we've been work- working on this. And she re- reiterates, like, you and Jewel. Yeah. <laughs> And he's... I don't know, there's just a look on his face, really. Yeah, and she's like, I'm sorry, did you get captured by the peacekeepers and and, and they replaced your brain with whatever it is you're using right now? <laughs> yeah, there's some... That's an implication that, you know, him and Jewel have been... Bonding. Yeah, that's one word for it. And it's not explicit, so I don't know. It's it's clear that they've been enjoying each other's company. Yeah, that the they've been least. getting they've been close, you know. Which we've seen happen before. Yeah, during the previous season, a little bit. Yeah, the one moment where I, <laughs> the one other bit of characterization of Jewel. <laughs> yes, yeah. thank you. Yes, that's yes. So Jenna also mentions, how do you stay out of the hands of the peacekeepers? We were like running like hell. It's like that's because of. Lola. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's pronounced Lola. He said, but it's uh, oh, yeah. he, he. They look out a door and he uh, says something in uh, Luxon, or presumably ancient Luxon, because then his ship decloaks as it's sitting outside on the rocks, and then it like cloaks up again. She's like, "Oh, that's huh. Your ship can make itself disappear." It's like, "Yep." Short periods of time, but yes. Yeah, and he says he named the ship Lola. Which is short for Lolan after his wife. His Sebastian wife. Lola, Lolan. The difference isn't that big, Dargo. I don't think I, it yeah, takes I just... I'm, I'm assuming he did it because he didn't want to get the full name in there. It's like just a painful memory. Yeah, but it's still in, in her memory. Yeah. Which is a good name. I like it. And he's learning how to use his ship more, which is mm-hmm. good. So... Then we go to see Jewel and Crichton, and Jewel is excitedly telling Crichton about this place, that 12,000 cycles ago, uh, Arneskin priests worshipped at this temple, and they somehow had a truce with the Scarans and the Peacekeepers for 500 generations, and nobody has any idea how they did it, because they just vanished one day, and no one knows no. why. <laughs> and I like that John syncs the last sentence up with her, it's like, and no, no one, one knows, knows why. why. Yeah, He says in sync. Sounds like, of course. But then another woman comes in, another interior called Instructor Vela. She comes in and says, well, I know why. (laughs) She looks John up and down and says, well, I can see how Tarnat thought you were Sebation. Same height, same general shape, uh, but smaller brain capacity. (laughs) Is it capacity or cavity? Cavity, yeah. And I like that as an intro. Mm. That is a fantastic way to introduce a character. To be like, she just completely describes how he is different from a Sebastian by eye and you're like this is an intelligent woman you've just shown me this and she's also you know she's part of the dig and she must see some sort of archaeologist slash anthropologist all right that yeah makes sense. and she's clearly quite cold because she's yes. like i don't care what your life is about right now this is way more important than anything you could be could be going on in your life when john mentions that he's he doesn't care business yeah well because he's like he doesn't care about the temple he's like look i'm looking for my friends i just want to get them together and get out of here i have unattended business yeah but she says look believe it or not this place was once a paradise and she picks up a little it's a little probe but what it is is it's basically some tubing like 
wired together in like a pyramid shape almost. So she holds that up and says like there's three of these which together form the Darnas Triangle. It's the Bermuda Triangle. But apparently three of them were launched by enemies of peace which they're responsible for the magnetic summers, the magnet, the big magnetic storms, whatever, that killed all the priests and drove them away. I just realized how stupid the name Enemies of Peace is. Yes. <laughs> you know what? We hate peace. Screw peace. War is where it's at. Let's get some of that in there. Let's go to war against Pete. Huh. Huh. That was easy. <laughs> it's not just, you know, war for, the, for you know, control of territory and, you know, defense. It's like, no, just for the hell of it because yeah, peace, like is peace is boring. Screw this. <laughs> We're going to have some war. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, they, um, Jewel says that Vela has found two of the probes, and if she finds the third, then legend says it can reverse the effects and like reactivate the triangle and make this place habitable again. Does it also grant three wishes? Yeah, exactly. It sounds like <laughs> some bunk to me, but... That's like, legend has it that... Okay. <laughs> legend has it that there'll be some magic crap that'll happen when you put all these three together and yeah magically it'll reverse everything Mm. okay then why didn't they do that right after Mm. there's also another scene uh i think around the same time as the one with dargo and chana talking about lowland but he says like dargo asks chana like is jules driving you crazy yet and chana just says like she just keeps going on about this place (laughs) she won't shut up (laughs) <laughs> just stop. There's a little bit extra I, I think we skipped over on that scene. But so, when we cut back from that, we go to um, John on the comms to Rigel, back up on Elac, and the comms are, you know, a bit sketchy because uh, Elac's an old ship. And Rigel says, like, Moya better hurry up and get here because Elac's... <laughs> he says, Elac's knackered. <laughs> they need to get off soon. Did he really say that? He did. I I checked. He's like, he lacks knackered. He's you gotta get off him. When is, when is Rachel British? I don't. I don't know. He has a reasonably sort of British-ish accent. Yeah, ish, ish, ish. Yeah. I mean, it's also. I'm pretty sure it's also an Australian a phrase Australians use. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> my my bad. My bad. I've only heard it out of your mouth. But so they're talking. Uh, on the comments, but then we actually see like there are little cu- cuts of Sikozu like ripping, like opening up a panel on the wall and trying to get some cables out of it. For the people, Sikozu was the new character yes. he was introduced previous episode. I'm just going to reiterate it because it's not a name that sticks right away. No, that's fair. But they do use her name uh, a lot in this episode. Like that was good for me learning the name. But what she's doing is she's pulling bits apart. Because she's trying to get John's module started. Basically pulls out the phone line. The, yeah, the comms go down. Ryder's like, Crichton? Crichton, what's happening here? Goes like, sorry, we're still talking. Put me back on. Can't do that. External comms are dead. The ship is dying. Now I'm going to try and get this module working in case we need to leave. By the way, during that phone call between Rigel and John, John mentions at some point like, no, no, we found Dargo and he's got a ship back. I'm like, ship back? I didn't know he lost it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit odd. So then we see an establishing shot, a CG shot of a command carrier. Ooh. And we cut inside to Braca and Grazer. And Grazer is sat on, like she's she's redone quarters. She's got like a 
a fairly like elegant chair that she's sitting on, sort of cross-legged. Not so much redone as this it are her quarters. Because the previous oh, yeah. one... Right, the remember, last the previous one blew up. carrier is a pile of it, dust. It exploded. Yeah, the last yeah. one blew up. Right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Scratch that. Yeah, she's this got is her, her command carrier. Yeah, and she sort of sat there as uh, Baraka shows Grazer a message they intercepted, which is from Vela to Moya, saying, like, come and retrieve the others as soon as possible. They're annoying me, basically. Yeah, they're like... She doesn't use those exact words, but that's what it comes down to. Please come and get them. <laughs> they're really yeah. The first time I watched this, actually, I initially thought, when the message popped up, that... Vela was working with the um, peacekeepers, but I thought the exact same thing. But then, once I watched it again, like listening to what Vela actually says and what Braca says, like intercepted to Moya, it's like okay, I see yeah. what's going on. But it, it's a little confusing. It's like uh-huh. at first, it's like oh, oh, they're in cahoots. Oh no, no cahoots. Well, never mind. Yeah, that, <laughs> that took me the second viewing as well. I was confused. Like oh, she's a traitor. The thing is, the episode works either way. It does. That's the thing. It actually doesn't matter if she's um, betraying them or not. For the record, she's not. But uh, they intercept the transmission and know where to go anyway. Mm-hmm. And so Grazer says to Brock, is like, you were right. You know, they did follow the Interion to the planet. Like, how long will it... I love this. I love this trope. It's so dumb. It's like... Oh, God, yes. How long will it take us to get there? And he's like, ten arms. And she says, make it five. And he's like, yes, oh, yes, Commandant. Like, I heard it twice and I didn't realize they pulled the Scotty because it's exactly yeah. half. But like, okay, so this trope in sci-fi, it happens all the time. And it's like, Star Trek is a master at it. Of like, yes. It'll take you six hours. Well, I only have three. Make it happen. They'll be like, uh, yes, Captain. And like, how do you do it? Like, <laughs> either you're completely bullshitting them the first time. That is actually in one of the yes. original Star Trek movies. Kirk at some point asks Scotty, have you been doubling all your estimates uh, <laughs> all these years? And he, he basically responds, well, it's the only way I can keep my reputation as a miracle worker. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a small line, but I just love that, that there's no explanation. And, and Brock just looks like, uh, yeah, no, we can do that. No problem. Like, well, why weren't you doing it before? Like, why are you, why are you being inefficient, Brock? Come on. How long will it take? Ten hours. Well, make it five. Ah, oh, I can do that. Easy. Easy. <laughs> well, then do it in five hours. How long will it take? Ten hours. We need, like, five hours to collect all the smaller ships. Like, well, well, screw it, them. Make it five. <laughs> make it five. Well, I got to make some awkward phone calls to parents. <laughs> Later, suckers. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so, um, Grazer says, right, before we get there, I want to show you something. Come and see this. And... We cut to Grazer and Braca standing over Scorpius. Watching his home movies. His, ch- his yeah. Ch- home movies. Yeah, in the Aurora chair. In fact, we have, like, we the, the lead into this scene is, like, clips fading in and out of each other of uh, stuff from Incubator that we saw. But then it's, it's revealed it's Scorpius in the Aurora chair. And he looks up at them and says, like, I find your amateur attempts at torture actually pleasurable. Yeah. He's getting off on this. Yeah, too kinky to torture. Um, but <laughs> but uh, Grazer says, like, well, maybe you can withstand it. Maybe you can withstand this for a long time. Maybe not. But this will make it all the more difficult. And she gets, uh, she unscrews the uh, coolant system in his head and 
produces a yellow rod. Braca produces it. Important detail. Because also, right before we cut to this, you can, uh, Grazer calls Braca captain again. Oh, yeah. And, and they leave the <laughs> office and he just smiles. He's like, ah, I've been captain. I've been promoted. And then, yeah, he hands the yellow rod to Grazer. And Scorpius is like, don't do this, Braca. I made you. And Braca looks at him and just says, no, I made you. And then gives Grazer the the rod. And I'm like, Jesus, Braca. Wow. Scorpius hasn't... He's been very nice to you, actually. <laughs> All things considered, yeah. Yeah. He's been very mentoring. Hmm. And he's never really... No, I don't think he's tortured him. He's never no, hurt him. Not really. Not that we've seen, at least. No. So then, like, Grazer puts the rod in... Scorpius's coolant system screws it in and you can see it causes him a lot of pain and he's like ah suddenly you know yelling out and yeah. he's, and she says like now you will tell me all the secrets about John Crichton you're holding on to because I told you everything it's like no you haven't because you are afraid that if you tell me everything then I will, will kill you and you're probably right yeah <laughs> oh man good villain stuff Yes. Also, again, like, this is Scorpy in a, I suppose, a sympathetic position, really. Like, being tortured by Grazer and Braca. Especially Braca. Yeah, it's surprising. This is not how I would expect their relationship to go. But, you know, at the end, it's like, Braca is, he, he gets promoted by Grazer, and so it's like, his self-interests means that he's you know Braca is completely based on promotion self-interest yeah and who's hiring command yep he doesn't care who's in command just so long as they're looking out for him he says in the previously on if a higher rank officer would order him to execute grazer he'd do that to grazer's face <laughs> she seems okay with that yeah he he respects much more like the the system or like the chain of command rather than who is specifically in command yep <laughs> and grazer seems like okay i can respect that let's get to work so then we go back down to arnesk and we see Crichton has found granny and also the creature the uh weird a uh, creature from the black lagoon yeah apparently friends with granny now yeah because he, he's sort of hiding behind like a, a corner and he's like whoa 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 ah, creature from the black lagoon what's going on here granny's like yeah he's fine no no like, like leave him alone he's okay and john like puts the weapon away and he's sort of looking out of him furtively isn't actively trying to kill john so okay fine Okay, so he's not as dangerous as we thought. Fine. No, that that was kind of a little bit of a fake out at the beginning. Yeah. Especially with the line of, like, nobody's trying to kill us. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait a minute. Granny, unfortunately, doesn't seem too lucid at the moment. No. She's not entirely there. No, and she's like, what? Oh, oh yes, no, I don't know. And with some prodding, like, she says, hey, I'm John, remember? John Crichton, remember from the ship? And she's me, like, me, Crichton, you, Granny. Oh, yes, human. Human is like, yeah, yeah, that's right, you're getting it. And then there's that moment of realization. Oh, Crichton! She gives him a hug. <laughs> and she's like, oh, oh, wow, you need to bathe. And she's like, no, no. Don't bathe, don't bathe. Well, washes off all the juices. And he's like, okay, I don't, don't need to know. Jules said you talked to Pilot. What happened in that wormhole? And she's like, well, you should talk to Pilot. But she just says, like, uh, she, she, you know, is still not fully there and just actually just says like how old are you how old are you and john doesn't answer he's like what she says i'm 293 cycles old and anytime there is goodness it will be destroyed by a cause or a weapon and i won't let vela have it i won't let her have it and then she has a moment of lucidity where she asks john 
If all the priests uh, ask Fella this, if all the priests died, then where are all the bodies? Where are the bones? Oh, there, there's also a line actually. Sorry, before that, where John says to her, like, "I might have stopped Aaron if I'd known about your, uh, if I'd known about her pregnancy sooner." And she's like, "Oh, you broke my subliminal message." And he's like, "Yes, you weren't supposed to. You, you, why would you stop her? My subliminal message was to have you accept her." terms and and then she like produces a little flower bulb or whatever it's like it's an it's actually an insect it's insects right squash on the side and just takes out one of its innards sticks up your nose complete bliss no uh, 500 microts no errand to think of i'm like hey hey, you want to buy a death stick (laughs) you don't want to sell me death sticks (laughs) (laughs) and so then yeah but john's like no okay i don't care i don't want that i'm not sticking it up my nose and then, like, there's actually the acting from Melissa Jaffa on this when she snaps from being sort of all over the place to, like, lucidity is actually really good. Yes. She's like, oh, oh, no, I'm not. And then there's a... And she's suddenly, like, clear and, like, looking straight at John and, like, ask Vela if all the priests died here, why are there no bones? And then she phases out again. It's like, why are there no bones? And again, nobody seems to care how we got out of that wormhole situation. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 they leave it hanging. But... I mean, I'll accept it from Granny, because she's clearly not entirely there. Yeah, I mean, like we said, Jewel doesn't know anything, really. She only remembers waking up on the other side. She could have... Ah, never mind. Like like I said, like it's what I got from it is Jewel is just like... What we know about Jewel's character and how she reacts, I didn't have a problem with it, because it's like... She would just want to get out of there and like, I don't care, you know, just let's go. Probably. I always found her more to be more inquisitive about these things. Anyway. So we then see Jewel and uh, Dargo. Dargo is holding a device that is carving bits of the rock away to uh, unearth some symbols on one of the walls. And uh, Dargo says, like, you know, I've actually really enjoyed being here. And so I'm not sure, you know, if I'm going to head off with Crichton again. Um, yeah, because Jules brings that up. And there, Dargo's using the tool and Jules is guide, standing behind him, pretty close, guiding his arm. Mm. And it's like, aww, it's cute. Yeah, and then Vela shows up. and she's like, eh, I, I feel that the sentence they say <laughs> right before Vela shows oh, up right, is kind yeah, of important. Because yeah, yeah. they're talking about, like, I think we've really found something here. Maybe uh, we should... Uh, Clean it up and show it to Fella. Stick it up her nose. And they both laugh about that. <laughs> oh, she's right behind me, isn't she? Well, yeah, they, she did, they don't say that, but she comes in and says, that's a prayer wheel, and I would not fit up my nose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you can just see the two of them just be like, oh. Just Dargo's eye roll is fantastic so at that. Oh, also, actually, quick note, Dargo changed his wardrobe again. Yeah, he has new, uh, he, new shoulder plating, at least. New shoulder pads and, like, a... A less bulky, like, robe and, and, uh, he's wearing. It's got less stuff on it. It's sort of plainer. And, yeah, it's, uh, you know, fair enough. I I still think I prefer the previous one, to be honest. But it's it's weird that, like, uh, out of everybody, it seems like J- Dargo has had the most costume changes over the course of the series. Dargo is a fashion-minded person. Yeah, like, he likes to go shopping for new new gear. Well, that mental image is forever seared in my mind, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> Seeing him walk around with like five bags, walking through a mall. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, John, there's a sale on over there." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we have to go now. Uh, so anyway, 
<laughs> Vela has showed up and she takes the she says like why are you using the carver because in unskilled hands it can be very dangerous because when it strips away you know the layer of rock if it hits living flesh and she points it at a little insect on the ground and it absorbs the molecular structure of whatever it touches and basically it turns the bug into a rock yeah and she says this very condescendingly to dargo yeah 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 she's like why are you using it you 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 dummy so now we cut back to the command carrier and we actually see that grazer is having a bath yeah and actually what we see is so this is it's it's a milky sort of bath right and this is very much the cleopatra bathing in asps milk kind of thing yes that's where I knew that image from. Yeah, exactly. It's a very common, like, thematic image, and I'm pretty sure that's what they're deliberately invoking here with yeah, Grazer. Yeah, very much, because it fits perfectly. And it also helps for TV, because, like, they keep their rating, because you can just see her, like, uh, neck and shoulders, and, like, head and shoulders and yeah. arms sticking out of the bath. And so uh, Braca comes in, and he says that it's impossible for the command carrier to land because of all the interference, but uh, some marauders with their, you know less sophisticated electronics they can get in they can land and the di- the dig site will be habitable for another 40 or 50 arms and grazer says closer and he said well the only other ship in the vicinity is a dead leviathan in decayed orbit no you closer and so he comes up to the bath stands next to it closer on your knees he gets on his knees next to so that she he's sort of more level with her and then and this is like an important thing because we get a close-up of this because like, she takes her thumb and wipes some sort of fluid from, like, her upper chest. Or, like... Yeah. Or it's more like it's closer down to, sort of, uh, the inside of her breasts, really. Because, like, this happens again later. I, I won't spoil any more than that. But, you know, you've, she's got her neckline and she sort of, like, grabs some fluid from down there. Plunging neckline. Plunging neckline, like right. Time. When I say... It's more like, sort of, like, beads of sweat, really. Mm-hmm. And she, like, puts it on her thumb and wipes it on, you know, on his lips under Braca's nose. <laughs> and you see his reaction. He's like... Uh, uh, uh. And then she asks him, does it trouble you what has happened to Scorpius? And he sort of looks and sort of smiles and says, no. And then he's surprised by his own reaction. He's like, huh, what? I didn't. Yeah, he's like, huh? I, I don't know what that means, but I do like his surprise. Well, so it's clear that whatever she rubbed on his face under his nose is having some effect on him and is you know making him suggestible and malleable, I guess. And she says, like, we'll go to the planet with three marauders and 20 soldiers and we'll go together and we'll see if we can use Crichton. Perhaps Scorpius's enemy can be my friend. And as she's saying this, Braca is like, like, starts holding her hand and like puts like gently like putting his her fingers in his mouth almost involuntarily. And then he keeps doing that, and then he goes in to kiss her at the end. Right before their lips meet, she pushes him away. It's like, not in an aggressive way, more like, ah, go away. Well, it's more like, like, oh no, okay. Irritated. I don't think... That's that's where I read into it. Somewhat irritated, more like... More like, sort of, not now. (laughs) Yeah, that, that, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the thought. And... Also, Braca is like, oh, he's very surprised. What he's he just really did. confused. He was. It's basically it's implied that he was not fully in control there. Nope. So back down to the planet, Jewel is with Vela, and Vela asks, "Is like, 
when uh, we leave the dig, will you keep studying? And Jules says, well, uh, yeah, I will if I'm allowed to. And Dargo's actually around the corner from this conversation, listening in. <laughs> Vela asks Jewel about Dargo and is like, what about him? Will he stay? Jewel says, well, he, he's my friend. But he's not your equal. Yeah. Intellectually, Luxons are a subspecies. They're inferior. And if if the two of you stay, you will be blamed for any of his mistakes. She walks off, and Jewel is left there by herself, and yeah. she says to herself, I know. Not to the teacher. Mm. Not to the officer. To herself. Yeah. Which is important to which is important for that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Dargo's been listening to this sort of around the corner, and he seems upset. Also, the scene opens in one of the best ways, because they, they're they like, huh, grave robbers sometimes leave snares. Here, you open this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, they like don't look at it, and opens it, and there's a flash of light. It's like, yeah, if you looked at that, that would have blinded you, so. Yeah, we're good. I just love the idea that she's holding this. Oh, this this has been opened. Here, you do this. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> don't. So... <laughs> And we see outside, because uh, actually, like this place, they're, they're near a cliff edge, right? And John's standing outside, uh, sort of looking out, and um, Tarnak comes out with Granny at gunpoint. Ah, oh, she told me about your plans to uh, disrupt our work here. And then she bites on his arm and runs off to hide behind John. It's like, you go on, go on, shoot him, shoot him. You've got to shoot him, go on, shoot him. And it's like, I'm not shooting anybody. It's like, no, you shoot him, kill him. They won't use the probes for good. And John's like, I'm not shooting people. Uh, he's, you know, he doesn't draw his weapon. And he's trying to persuade Tana. like, I'm not a threat. I just want to get on Moya and I want to leave. Like, <laughs> this is the attitude we've seen from John a few times now. Of like, I don't care about these problems. I just no. want to get out of here. <laughs> just fine whatever there's probably like a thousand planets where a thousand super weapons are being found right now i don't care if this one is added to the pile yeah right it's 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 interesting though it's funny to me that like Crichton has had this reaction several times of look whatever plot or whatever you know story is happening here i don't care <laughs> I don't want to be part of this. it. We, when it is like the story, the main story of of an episode, he's like, you know, what? I don't care about this. I want to get my stuff and leave. <laughs> he's like, screw this episode. I'm out. It's a good attitude. <laughs> it's also it's interesting because like to compare that to earlier seasons where he was more like, no, we'll help these people and we'll do something. Now he's like, whatever your troubles are, screw this. I just want you to leave me alone. I want out of here. <laughs> just do your thing. Like, it's fine. But, so, he does kind of convince Atana and just says, I don't, I just want to get in touch with Moya and we'll leave, we'll be out of your hair. However, yeah. there is one thing and he spins, pushes the gun out of his face, punches Tarnak f- straight in the nose, like, Tarnak falls to the ground. Do not point guns at me! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Granny's just like, oh, go on, hit him again, hit him again. It's Look, like- I'll show you. And, like, gets <laughs> down on top of it, just punches him in the face. Punches him <laughs> in the face. Uh, oh, that's so good. So, like, here, I'll show you. This is how you do it. Ow! <laughs> and John's like, look, why? And she says, you have to shoot people. You have to shoot them because Vela will take the probes and use them as a weapon. That's why Vela sent the rest of the dig team away. That's why there's only a few of them left. Yeah, why else do you think she did that? John's like, I don't know. (laughs) John's just like, John's attitude through this episode is mostly just, I just got here. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care. Also, Granny, again, is talking, we didn't mention it earlier, is talking about the voices Uh, that she's hearing. And she hears singing. Mm. Singing of a very 
familiar song. It is the opening theme from Farscape, or at least the chanting part yeah. of it. But yeah, it is. It's weird. It's like yeah, it is the the the, the chanting part from that. And like, it took me a couple because it plays a couple of times, and it took me a couple of listens to be like, no, that is the opening theme. I heard it the first time. I was like, I know that sound, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know if I like where this is going. But what she says to Crichton is that you know there was once peace here and I think you should see what was lost title drop first of all <laughs> and ah. so she does her usual trick like get some herbs blows them in his face because that always ends well and we see him we see, he has a vision of the ancient world what it used to be like he sees uh, priests dressed in red robes and they're sacrificing like a goat like alien creature on a table and he, he moves Almost the screen fades into different versions of this shot where he just keeps coming forward. The last one is just him just in the bottom left corner of screen looking at the camera. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> what is happening? As we see the entire scene, I'm like, God damn, it's so stupid. <laughs> but then he also finds on the ground that he looks at, there's a, there's a tr- uh, pyramid sort of tile. It's like uh, four triangles slammed together to form a pyramid and it's got like little symbols carved into it and he's just sort of looking at that and then granny says to him that a peaceful threat within us all like there's peace within us all and it started here but then it was ended and you look and he sees the probes landing and they sort of come down split off and make the big magnetic discharge and he sees that happen and it's like i i I saw where the where they landed yeah and so the vision ends, and yeah, he's like, yeah, I saw where they all landed. And she's like, hmm, hmm, and she blows more herbs in his face to send him to sleep. Yeah, and he wakes up underwater. He's like, no, no, and he just starts swimming because there's a sea monster behind him that's shouting, wait, no, come back, I don't want to hurt you. And then eventually they he reaches dry land, and he's like, look, I wasn't trying to hurt you, I was trying to wake you up. The granny left you there, and that... Vela has found the location of the third probe, and then the old lady swears she's going to kill her to stop her using it as a weapon. John is like, no, she's she's just out of it. Just give me a moment to get back to my senses. She's not going to do anything. It's like, she took your gun. John grabs for his rifle. Huh? Winona. He doesn't say that, but I, yeah, like, I, like, I wish he said ah, that. Ah, crap, granny! And then runs off and like, oh, no. So then we cut actually back up to Elac, back up to the old Leviathan. And Pilot is just barely awake. He's just sort of... She's yeah. talking to herself. Uh, well, she Rigel disturbs her, actually. And he's like, what? What? Who's there? Who's there? Rigel's like, no, no, no. It's fine. Calm down. We also see Sokozu has gotten John's module up and running. Sort of. It's like... She's been able to synthesize a small amount of fuel. Because remember, like, in Crichton Kicks, they said that there wasn't any fuel that this module could use. But she's been able to sort of make some from what's been around. So then we cut back. We see that Dargo is talking to Jewel. Dargo is not drunk. so much, not really. <laughs> no, he's he's clearly drinking because he throws a bottle away just as Jewel enters the scene. And she's like, "Well, what's wrong?" She says, "Why didn't you stick up for me? Why didn't you defend me against Vela?" And 
Jules like, oh, but look, most Interions think Luxons are inferior. And he says, like, well, what do you think? Don't ask me that. First of all, that's so that that is not a good answer. That is a bad sign. <laughs> no, that is not how you respond no. to that. It's like, don't ask me that. And he presses her and she says, I think you're unusual for a Luxon. And he's like, right. Yeah, I am. No. No, but you're fine. You're okay. Yeah, the rest of your species, trash. You, fine. It's like In this case, yeah, species, it, it's clearly referencing something else as well, which I appreciate. Thank you, Farscape. That's not sarcasm, if that sounded like sarcasm, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's a dog. It's like, you know, just for the record, if it had been the other way around, I would have stuck up for you. Yeah, even if people were t- telling me that you were a spoiled little brat. Yeah, and... I'm like... Thank you for addressing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it is really like we're addressing, basically we're addressing Jewel's privilege and... Her, well, shallowness in a way. Not, yeah. Not, not as in it, the shallowness of her character, but the shallowness of how she acts, how shallow shallow she can be mm. sometimes. Yeah, and, and she's like, well, you're unusual for a Luxon. Like, well, great. Okay, that really makes me feel better since now you've implied that all Luxons are dumb. Jewel also says to Dargo, I thought none of you actually cared what I thought for the longest time. But Dargo says, oh, well, I do. Yeah, because he didn't care about what the instructor said. Yeah. He cared about what Jewel said. Yeah, and Jewel didn't stand up for him. And I love that, also that line about Jewel where she's like, I thought nobody cared what I thought. Yeah, I like that they're, they're actually finally doing some character building for yeah. Jewel and addressing her position on the crew, which was like, nobody really cared about what she thought and uh-huh. she was just kind of there but so yeah she seems to have more purpose here but the people she's with are uh eager to well, smart we're smarter than you and uh, subspecies they're incredibly specious yeah exactly and it's not great so we then see john is looking for granny and she, you see her walking along with Crichton's gun with Winona and she's like must stop her stop her from destroying another world she's not actually saying this her lips don't move she's also hearing voices that say don't let them use it don't let them use it that's her own voice and I think she's projecting it to John and Darko maybe it's either because we hear that while we see John just clearly feel a bit of discomfort in his head yeah and so we then see Vela has found something but then someone comes up behind her and we don't see who because then she's like no what are you oh what are you doing here no no get away from me ah! we don't see who it is and when no we... we see it from the perspective of the perpetrator yeah and then when uh john finds her like he he hears it and he's like huh and finds vela and dargo also meets him there and he's got the carver on him and we find that vela has been turned into rock and actually embedded into the wall yeah which surprises the hell out of me i was like i thought there'd be a statue not just her head and an arm which I suddenly realized why it's just a head and an arm. Budget reasons. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> and Doggo says to John, like, I, no, just keep quiet, okay? What? And he's like, what did you do? And the head of security comes by. It's <laughs> like, Doggo just punches him out right away. It's like, okay, there we go. <laughs> and then the creature from the Black Lagoon is behind them. And, like, just grabs him as he comes up behind. It's like, hey. Puts him to a wall. Puts the carver to his head. It's like, don't say a thing <laughs> i am batman That's right. i'm batman i'm batman <laughs> and we see like as this scene unfolds we actually see that 
outside uh granny has like got some a pile of rocks i think that she's praying for vela and there's some sort of shrine in front of her take her spirit accept her spirit yeah accept her spirit and it's ambiguous as to it's somewhat like did dargo do it did Mm. i mean he had the tool for it and we don't know if there's more of them. Did Granny do it and it just looks like Dargo did? Or it's not really clear. Yeah. And so Jewel and Chiana join up with John and Dargo. And John's like, why did you knock out Tana? It's like, well, because if you'd seen me with Vela and this, he would have attacked and then I would have had to kill him. I saved his life. <laughs> so it's like, that's not <laughs> Dargo. That's not... To be entirely you... fair, it's not a bad thought process, it, actually. It kind of is, though, right? Because it's like, well, if I, if he had attacked, I would have had to kill him. Like, no, true. you didn't. No, you wouldn't have, Dargo. <laughs> if he'd attacked you, you could have still knocked him. You have a tongue that knocks people out, okay? <laughs> you didn't have... You wouldn't have had to kill him. So that's bullshit, Dargo. Okay, you're right. Yeah, the tongue is a good argument. That's not... You know, it's not like, well, if he'd attacked, I would have had to kill him. It's like, <laughs> no! Why? Why? God damn it, Dargo. <laughs> but John says, like, John is wondering, like, did the old woman do it? Because she's been acting strange. And Dargo basically, Dargo says that he didn't do it, really. Because nobody knows what, no one knows what happened. And they're like, is it the old woman? Like, well, she's been acting weird. It's the only person we're missing right now. Yeah. So back up on Elac, uh, Rigel talking to Sokozu in the module. And he says, if you're leaving in this module, then so am I. It's like, I'm not leaving in this module. It, only, it would only work for an Arn. At best. So he's like, well, if you're not escaping, what are you doing? I'm just making sure that we have it here so we can go down to the planet when we have to. Hang on, is that communicator making noise? Yeah, and picks it up and it's like, it's a coded peacekeeper transmission. And Roger's like, this module can't pick up coded peacekeeper transmissions. Sokoza says, well, I modified it. And But then they pick up the transmission and it says there are three marauders heading for the planet. And she's like, oh god, okay, Rigel, go to Pilot's Den if you... Hide in there. You should, you should shield your life signs. Also, open open the hangar bay doors. I need these open. Yeah, so I, I'm going down to the planet to warn everyone because the comms are down because she ripped the wires out of the wall to to fix the module. And Rachel's like, oh, the hell you're not. I'm, I'm coming with you. You're escaping, I know. It's like, are you deaf? I'd only have an arn. I can't go anywhere but down. Now get those hangar bay doors open. Hurry up. Yeah, and so, yeah, he goes off to do that. <laughs> And so then we cut down to outside of uh, on the planet, and he's with John is talking to Tarnat. Well, they're outside looking for Granny, and mm-hmm. he's walking around on the cliff tops, and he's like, "Well, no, wait, déjà vu. I've been here. No, wait, it's from the vision." And he has the carver, and he's like, mm-hmm. "Huh, wait, okay, no, over here. Yeah, there should be something down here." And then like he carves away. Basically, it it, it rejuvenates old stuff. Well, yeah, it sort of strips away the rock until it... it mm-hmm. Basically, it's like a fancy, like, fossil-like brush yeah. sort of thing. And he strips away the rock and finds the tile he saw in the vision. Yeah, the triangle thing. And he's like, what is this? And like, oh, it's a tile, and uh, you found something. And John says, like, I recognize one of the symbols on here. You've probably all seen this one. The Egyptian eye yeah. with the hieroglyphs, the eye one, is on the tile mm. on one of the sides. Yeah, and Tarnat says, well, that symbol's in Tyrion. That one's early Sebation. And John's like, yeah, and this one is Egyptian. That's weird. And apparently the symbols mean peace and security. Yeah. And, okay, okay, I think I know where this is going. I don't know if I agree with it, but... Well, remember... I mean, I don't know. It was a bit of an odd thing because 
there was some suggestion that Antirions and humans are related from when yeah. we picked up Jewel in the first place. That is true. And we know that Sebastians and humans are related. Well, they have because... to be. They look identical. Yes, also the fact that Aaron has is bearing John's child, so... In sci-fi, though, that's not always a sign, because, no, like... No, that's, that's true. You want to go back to Star Trek, like, humans and Vulcans and Klingons, and they can interbreed with whoever they want to. It's, true, you know, it's, true. It's not always played, you know, completely straight in, the, in that they need to be similar to... That is fair. That is fair. But it, it's, a, it's a much bigger sign that they look, like, exactly the same. Oh, actually, in Farscape, Luxon and Sebastian... Yeah. It's even in here. No problem. Boom. <laughs> Jothy, right? Remember Jothy? Yeah. And <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but there's, yeah, it's like an ancient Egyptian symbol. Is there some old connection here? What is this? And It's all, it's all connected. <laughs> it's also, it's a triangle with like an Egyptian symbol on it. So like Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, this is what they don't want you to hear, man. They're everywhere, man. <laughs> even in space even in space especially in space uh, <laughs> so i'm going to the only place where the illuminati haven't gone yet Spi- oh god spice <laughs> spice all <laughs> oh, right so then we also see that dargo is uh, aboard his ship trying to contact chiana because he's gonna do a flyover to find uh, granny and he's like chiana chiana do you read me chiana chiana and not picking up and he's like what what is this and then there are proximity warnings going off and he's like oh crap Uh oh and then suddenly he hears a voice from above him with a pulse pistol pointing down right because he like gets out of the ship and runs off yeah because he he runs off into the uh, square which is basically uh, sort of um carved out square low lower in the ground sikos was actually standing on the edge and when I say on the edge, I don't mean vertically. I mean horizontally over the square. Yeah. It's such a cool shot. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Also, there's a quick bit before this, actually, because we see, again, John and Tana, um, and John's like, there may be a link between this world and mine. This is weird. And then Chiana comes out and she whispers like, peacekeepers, peacekeepers. Yeah. She's she's already captured at that point. She has her hands behind her back. And then more peacekeepers come out and they shoot and kill Tana. Yeah, because... They knock out John, or at least manage to pull him to the ground. Tarnik, for a brief moment, is like, oh, I need to run. Oh, no, there's there as well. Well, I'll put my... Oh, I'm already dead. That was that shot was uncalled for. <laughs> but yeah, Sikozu says to Dargo, like, we need to stop communicating. There are peacekeepers here. We need to work together to form a plan. What we don't see in this scene is Dargo saying, who the frell are you? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> because Jewel and Dargo haven't met Sokozu yet, right? Like, they don't know who she is. But she's like, there are peacekeepers here, we have to work together, so... Okay. I guess Dargo goes along with that. And so, meanwhile, then we cut back in, sort of into the, like, the corridors inside the old temple, and John and Chiana are thrown to the floor, and then around the corner comes Grazer. It is a bit like that, yeah. <laughs> also can i just say like i know it's got the, like the plunging neckline on her dress is you know whatever but apart from that i like i i really like grazer's uh outfit like it's yes a, that's like the only actual revealing part of it it's it, it's like she's got like almost not like a trench coat but like it's got like a cape back to uh her top and she's wearing like leather trousers and so on yeah she's 
She looks very intimidating. Yeah, and she walks up and is like, hey, <laughs> says to John, like, remember me? And he's like, yep, I remember a couple of things. Yeah, a few things, a few things. Hmm. <laughs> John. Because remember what he called her? Commandant Cleavage. And it's like, <laughs> I remember a couple of things. The way he says it. I did not catch yeah, on that it's, one, it's, no. It's subtle. I'm pretty sure that's what they're going for because it's the way he says it. It's like, yeah, I remember a couple of things. And he's like, oh, f- oh damn God. it. Crichton, why? Not now. No, now's not the time. Get your mind of the goddamn gutter. Yeah. But she sort of walks over to him and uh, she says, look, look, I can make things easy for you. We don't have to be enemies. And to prove my goodwill... Braca and Braca brings in oh god Bra- Braca brings in Scorpius Scorpius who is like drooling and has no real control over himself he's on hands and knees he's on all fours on a leash that Braca is holding I mean as we said one American's journey into the Australian BDSM scene oh my god yes if there's ever <laughs> yes. been a time that that has, there's no, there's not been a time in Farscape with this that has been more appropriate no. of a description because, like, yeah, Scorpius is being led around. Like, no, Scorpius, most of the, like, all of the time is dressed in head-to-toe leather in the first place. Yeah, now he's being led he's around. He's kind of a gimp anyway. Yeah, now he's being led around on a chain on all fours. And he's like, Arr. and then to make, and oh, then to compound God. things. And yes. Grazer lifts up her foot and, like, her boot and is like, Scorpius. And she's like, Arr. and then, like, hits him. And he's like, Phew. yeah, she kicks one of his arms out underneath him, just he falls to the ground, gets pulled back up again. And then he licks her boot, like, like uh, you know, shaking as he does it. Yeah, and it's like, oh boy, <laughs> okay. I feel very bad for Scorpius. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, this is a really, you really do feel bad for Scorpius. I mean, the, the previous one's like, yeah, turnabout's fair game. This is like, whoa, whoa. He's not only been defeated and supplanted by Grazer, he's being humiliated by Grazer. Degraded. Yeah. I think humiliated is too mm. soft a word for it. And it's so crazy to see how far Scorpius has fallen. Basically, this is kind of what John did to him by destroying his project. Like, he has nothing to show for it. He's got no position of power anymore and Grazer is just like she went way farther than John ever because Grazer says to John do whatever you want with him and John's response is basically I can't think of anything worse than what you've already done to him that's not quite the line because the, what he says well first of all when he sees this John's not happy about it at first no. his reaction is like oh god oh no this isn't oh and his response is you know no I'll never come up with anything better than this yeah. Yeah, but like his reaction, his first reaction is to be kind of horrified by it. And it's, you know, remember he, we, we did see him become more sympathetic to Scorpius. Yeah, and seeing, seeing Scorpius in this state? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I can understand that. But then, you know, he rejects, so he rejects, you know, doing what he wants with Scorpius. And then Grazer kneels down in front of Crichton, and she again strokes, gets more of the fluid from her chest. And, like, makes John smell it. Says, you know, what I want, you might like it. And John grabs the back of her head forcefully. And all the peacekeeper soldiers are like... Like, And we see him, you know, he's reacting to the stuff. It takes a while. There's there's this moment where, like, is he able to fight it off being human? But he's not because he just goes in and kisses her heavily. Yeah. This is... Uh. Yeah, this is not... 
okay. <laughs> no. And she said, like, wait and on, and then we'll meet. And so we go back up to Pilot and Rigel, because Rigel's trying to wake uh, Elac's pilot up to get on the comms to communicate um, with Moya, but Pilot they can't do it. He's like, oh, no, no, and Rigel's like, oh, God, we're going <laughs> to stuck here. Yeah, she did. the pilot dozes off again. And so we go back down to planet and then we're still in the corridors and Braca says to Graze, it's like we've captured an Interion, a Nabari and an old Traskan which must be Granny so we know what her species is but no Luxon or Peacekeeper Traitor referring to Eren and they've got about 20 arms left on the planet uh, before they have to leave for the magnetic storm to come back and then Grazer points out because Scorpius has been in the foreground of this scene on all fours mm. she points out that he's regaining motor impulses so please replace the tube. No, no, like, the wording is important here, right? Because oh? she says, change him. Like oh. he's a baby. Change oh. him. Like, I, nice. Like, like Braca is changing his nappy. You know? Wow. <laughs> his diaper. Yeah. Wow. It's such like he's in... Oh, she's, like, completely, you know, back into the BDSM thing, but she's, like, dominating him. He's completely submissive, and she's like, change him. Like he's yeah. a baby. Wow. Jeez. Yeah. They're really just going going all in on this. And mm-hmm. God, yeah. And so, yeah, Braca goes to change Scorpius's uh, rod, put another yellow one in. And as he does it, Braca, like Scorpius like goes to... It bites him on the hand and like... Braca... He, he actually goes up towards him. He grabs him by the shoulder and is like... There's, between the spit and the drivel, you can kind of hear Braca in there and Braca's like this is for all the times i had to say yes and puts the rod in what? his head jesus Braca! yeah wasn't the... The... he wasn't that big of an asshole <laughs> what the hell man i've seen nothing to warrant this yeah and then god like i said it's so crazy to see how far scorpius has fallen because he yeah. was like mr cool mr in charge of like i am the big bad guy and not anymore he isn't no and then we see, actually, we see the um, <laughs> the creature from the Black Lagoon alien. He's got two of the probes, and he's like, he's hiding them. It's like must making sure that they're safe. Okay, good. That's at least good to know that two pieces of the weapon are safe. Yeah, trying to keep them away from people. And so then we see that uh, Chiana, Granny, and Jewel are all locked up in sort of like a some sort of makeshift cell. And Chiana says like. Crichton found something. I don't know. He found a tile, and and Granny's like, "Wait, what?" He's like, "He found a tile." Oh no, 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 no! That's not supposed to happen. That's not supposed to happen. And um, Jewel is sat in the corner, sad and depressed. He's like, "Did I ever? T- did you know when you picked me up that I was running? That I'd stolen th- some things?" Wait, well, hang on. What? <laughs> Chana doesn't care. First of all, it's like I don't care if you stole anything, which. Makes sense, because Jenna wouldn't Yeah, no, she wouldn't care about that. But, like, okay, why... Why are we bringing up her background now? And also, why is it different from... She's already lied about her background once. Remember in Losing Time? Yeah. Where she's like, you know, I told you about me. That's not true. Remember where she has to reveal a secret about herself to prove that she's not been inhabited, and she tells them why she was really in the tubes. Oh, Remember that? Like it's. I can't remember that actually. It was it was a while ago. But yeah, I, I remember her saying something. I can't remember what she said. Like, uh, what she said is not necessarily important because now she's like, 
remember, you know, did you know about this? And I, I stole things from Diggs before to learn more. And, like, that's why I was on the run. And you're like, okay, it feels like a bit of an an ass pull of suddenly like this is it, it also it also comes completely out of left field and it isn't like Chiana just brushes over it I'm like what what we're finally giving her background and this is how we're treating that just as a throwaway line like you said right for Chiana to be like I don't care that makes sense for her character yeah no that makes sense for a character but it's just do we have to do it now when we can't actually give it I feel the attention it deserves yeah you had a whole lot more time to do this and you didn't and now you're doing it now when everything else is going on and ev- nobody is interested. Yeah, and literally no- everybody's like, eh, we don't care. Unless they're making a meta commentary on that. I don't think so. Which I don't think, no. No. <sighs> but, Jewel says, you know, she stole things from Diggs before to learn more, to study, but she never stole from here and she dreamt of discovering this temple. And like, okay, fine. All right, motivation... Uh, interests for Jewel. All right, fine. But uh, Granny is like, no, no, I have to go. I have to find him. He wasn't supposed to find the tile. That's not supposed to happen. I need to get out of here. So they make a distraction. Chiana basically <laughs> calls over the guard and is like, look, the old woman, she she needs to use the toilet. She needs to use the bathroom. No, 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 no. The newly. Yeah, right. She needs okay. to use the newly. Why do we need another word for that? I, I'm sorry. I love that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love the fact it's just... just the newly sure and then eventually the um the peacekeepers are like fine come with me and then let her out so oh god okay this next scene yeah this is oof so we see grazer and john and they're on the rocks and grazer is uh, not wearing her usual gear she's actually just wearing a simple robe still with the plunging neckline yep, was, right yep that's when a theme. I, when i saw this happening i was like Oh, maybe she doesn't... No, she still That's has That's a that. theme with her, apparently. But she gets more of the um, fluid and rubs it under John's nose to bring him under her control again, and he's resisting slightly, but she's like, no, you you may like it. Like, do you like this? And does you know starts kissing him, and, and John's like, whatever you want, you can have it. And then they start making out a lot, and she leans in, they start lying on the rocks. We do also see that uh, in the background, like, <laughs> Braca and Scorpius are there. And, yeah. and Grazer sees them watching and she says to John, it's like, do you like that? And he doesn't really respond. But yeah, they, you know, they they start heavily making out and then lie down and then we cut away. You see, Hats, she's a female commander. Thus, she has the magical power of seduction. The thing is, it is literally... Up, it, it, we'll get into... No, okay. Yeah, okay. We'll get, yeah, we'll get up, into that at the end. Straight up what she does... Because this next scene, the granny finds John on the rocks. She's managed to get away from the peacekeepers, taking her to the toilet. Somehow. Somehow, we don't okay, see that. fine. John is, like, hunched up, holding his knees, looking off into the distance, barely reacting to anything. Oh. John got raped. I... That's what happened, like... That's had not realized that... Basically, yeah. what she ha- what Grazer did was use a date rape drug on him. Oh. Yeah. That's why like, you see his reaction afterwards. He is just... I had not read that in there, and now it makes complete sense. That's the thing. It's like, it is explicit that she uses this substance on him to to have sex with him. Uh-huh, uh-huh. To get what she wants. Uh-huh. Not that she is, you know, the female commander, so she seduces him. No, she doesn't seduce anyone. This is not seduction. <laughs> this... No, no, that's... Yeah. Yeah, and John is... You... 
like I said, you can you can very much tell by John in this scene how he is he's regained control of himself, but he is aware of what happened and he is not okay with it. And it's also the fact that apparently John is just here unguarded, and Granny somehow got away from. Yeah, that's a bit odd. What? Okay, fine. Fine. Let's keep moving. She says, like, the magnetics must have made the visions even stronger. The suggested becomes real. Like, Grazer doesn't know that you saw the probes. The peacekeepers must never have that information. It's like, I, he knows where the third probe landed. And she's like, it's all my fault. It's all my fault. I only wanted to show you peace. And I'm like, yeah, Granny, can you please stop using that sign? It keeps getting worse. Stop doing that. Making things worse. Stop doing, yeah. And, but she's like, I, I showed you something you must not know. And so she gets more herbs, blows it in his face, and she's like, you can... No, no, stop! No, stop doing that! Stop not that! Not more of it! <laughs> and she's like, Grazer can never know where the third probe is, so you have to die. Uh, what? And she says, forgive me! And it's like, receive his spirit, receive his spirit. And she's trying to make him walk to the edge of the cliff. During their little make-out scene, by the way, at the at the docks, we also... It was intercut with the, the face of the old woman saying, a sacrifice has to be made. Yeah, right. For peace to exist, the sacrifices must be made. Yeah. And that's what... Basically, she's trying to get John to jump off the cliff. And we see Broca arrive being like, oh, right, I was supposed to guard somebody. Yeah. Well, we actually see John's visions as well. He sees, like, the priests and they're advancing on him. There are two in red robes, but they both have the uh, granny's face. Both have the old woman's face. And he's like, ah, no, no, no. And, yeah, Broca arrives on the scene. And just as Broca gets in there, John turns, runs, and jumps off the cliff into the water. The old woman and the woman looks up at Broca and says, "He'll never tell you now, never." To be continued. Okay. So, first of all, that is, I think, the first literal cliffhanger we've actually had <laughs> <laughs> since it. Well, no, 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 no. He's not hanging on. No, the cliff. but it's on the cliff. Okay, it's close enough. Close enough. Close enough. <laughs> he jumps off the that. cliff at the end. Okay, well... So, yeah, that was uh, What Was Lost Part 1 and will be continued in What Was Lost Part 2, Resurrection. Uh, what do we think of this episode? This was kind of... A confusing mess? Yeah, yeah, it was confusing. Okay, I was, I, I, I thought it was uh, it was just me, but it's... No, there's so There's, like, much. so many things happening. I'm like, there's no precedent for this, or I, it doesn't make sense. Dargo lost his... Sh- like, even the small throwaway lines where it's like, Dargo lost his ship, but... He's got it back oh, now, and yeah. And like, okay, apparently he had an adventure in between. Maybe we'll get into that at some point, but it's confusing now. You didn't have to mention it here. The fact that Jewel and Granny don't seem to care what happened with the wormholes, or more specifically, yeah. the episode doesn't care. Well, what it seems to be is, again, like this other plot about this planet and the magnetic stuff, whatever, is trying is forcing its way into the plot into the overarching like stuff around the end of season three and the beginning of season four and so as such when i had a similar reaction to Crichton to everything that was going on about like the alien planet and peace and it's like i don't care <laughs> like yeah no what the other st- i i want to want to find out what happened to to moya yeah, well, you can't just dangle that in front of us, the people that went through it, and be like, eh, they don't remember, or they don't care. It's like, no! So those two things are actively kind of, I think, working against each other here. There's also the fact that we have a bad guy at the start, the, the archaeologist woman being like, oh, finding weapons, then just gets killed, and that just... Well, we still have the weapons, but there's like, oh, bad guy, no. Uh, oh, it okay. just gets switched oh, up fine. partway through. Yeah, yeah it's... Whatever. Mm. 
don't really know what she was about. She was just incredibly racist. And all the stuff that uh, Granny was saying is very confusing. There's a lot of stuff about, like, yeah, peace and this place. And, like, why is this... They don't really do a good job setting up why we should care particularly about this place. Like, there's a, no. there's a few lines from Jewel about how, you know, the people here kept a peace between the Scarens and the Peacekeepers for 500 cycles. And if we can find out how they did it, then maybe we can do that but that's like a throwaway line really and there's also the fact that and this this hasn't so much to do with the confusion in the episode but more something i'm afraid this show is going where i'm like please don't do that might have been because i watched the most recent sherlock episode um (laughs) where because the of the egyptian symbol on the tile and the fact that the song that the priests sing is the actual intro song like please don't go for the everything is connected angle i don't don't do that i don't think that they are i don't okay i hope i hope the song was just a nice little gimmick i'm completely okay with that as long as this not become the main plot and all these things it's all connected please don't do that Please don't. Uh, yeah, I. One of my pet peeves in just TV and film in general is like, you take something that wasn't previously like a predestined thing and then say that it was. Yeah. And like, well, then, then, uh. And some you you can do that once or twice. That's fine. But know the limits. And this this gets very close to like everything is connected. I'm like, mm, don't do that. Don't do that. We shall see. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I. I'm reasonably sure that's not what they're going for because okay, it's because it's like it's ancient Egyptian. It could just be some old like uh, <laughs> I don't know. I we'll see. We'll see because on the whole, Farscape is more has been at least more concerned with the plot on this side of the galaxy where they are yes. there, right? And these people and just being its own story. And it stuck with that for quite a long time, so it would be a big shift to change that now. But on the other hand, I do like the idea of that we might slowly, if they drop a few more hints in this season throughout just as a subplot, find out a bit a bit about the connection between Sebastian and Tehran and Human. I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, that's just where I think they're going with Please this. don't make it about that. No, I think that's more likely to happen. Okay, cool. So putting a rating on this episode is awkward because there's a lot of very confusing stuff. Yeah. Um, but there is also a lot of really good moments in it. There's small good moments in there. It's like, I really like the whole angle with the um, how the Interons look down on the Luxons. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the allegory for racism, which was worked well for me. Yeah, also... It's weird, but it's it was also really quite well done to see Scorpius's new position mm-hmm. and how he's now so submissive to um, to Grazer and Jewel getting a bunch of yeah. character development. Dare I say she gets more character development in this episode than the entirety of season three? I think that's not an unfair cr- thing to say. I think that is actually yeah. that's completely accurate. Yeah, good on that. But I'm 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 sorry. I have to give it a two. Yeah, it's it's, it's... it's a plotting mess. I'm sorry. It is. It's 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 part one of a two parter that is very clearly, to my mind, just doing all the setup. But it, the problem is, is just it's mostly setup, right? Yeah, it's like if if I maybe if I watched these two episodes back to back. It would be better, but... It'd be fine. They have to stand on their own, to be honest. There has to be... An, like, I'm fine with you setting all these things up, but give me give me things that I can follow. Give yeah. me interesting setups. And right now, it's just one of these pieces makes no sense without the other. And usually, it's like we're ramping up a few things. We're setting up a few things. There's a few mysteries that we'll get into. 
but everything is clear. We know who the antagonists are, and it's, this episode just doesn't do that. No, I mean, we like we said, like we've raised the bar in previous seasons for rating episodes. So out of all the like the bad episodes of Farscape that we've seen, this one is fine. It's, yeah, it's okay. It's not like uh, it's not terrible. It's just not that great. I think again, it's just like like we just said, a lot of setup, which means that's ah. Uh, there we go. When there's so much setup in the, the episode, you don't get payoff for anything. Yeah, that is one of the things that doesn't help with this. But it's also like there's a lot of things said that just don't make any sense yet. And there is this plot on this planet, like working at odds with um, trying to link up with Moya, and you know the over again. This comes up. This has come up before many times in Farscape, where we have an overarching plot thread that we want to follow. But this episode of the week is getting in the way. And that's what I felt a lot through this episode. Yeah. And it's, it's compounded by the fact that John feels the same way. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's like the episode seems to know it. Yeah, well, at least John does. And like, I don't care about this. It's like, I don't care about this either. <laughs> I mean, the writer knew this because he reflects it in John. And I'm like, well, if you if you knew it and you wrote it in the script, write something. <sighs> Maybe, hopefully the payoff will be better next week, but... I, I hope so. We, we shall see. So, yeah, a, a disappointing second episode because there's just too much going on, you know. Yeah, it's too much and it's... But like we said, there are there are those good moments and there are those dramatic, intense moments. Like, this is and this isn't dwelled upon much because it's at the end of the episode, but John and Grazer yeah. at the end, like, that's heavy. I'm hoping they don't just brush over that. They give it its proper... They couldn't do it this episode because they had, like, no, no, that make, no that time left. I don't blame him on, the, uh, on that. But we did see, like, John, like, how he looked afterwards, and he was not okay. No. So that, that leads me to think in part two they will dwell more on that. Good. But it's like, wow, yeah, Grazer... And it is kind of a trope of, like you said, the, you know, sexy villain yeah. seductress... We'll see, we'll see how they go with it. We'll see how it they is... go with it. It's because in you know they'll put a spell on you to bewitch you. It's like, but then they're like, well, the spell wears off, and they're like, ah, how dare you fight, fight, fight. This is actually treated somewhat more realistically, even in this episode with John just yes. like staring off into the distance and not being okay. We'll see. We'll see next week. We'll see next week again. It's it's cementing like Grazer is a villain and is the big Ooh, bad yeah. guy now. So yeah, we'll see what's up next week then uh with part two of what was lost which is called resurrection okay so he's not dead or maybe he is dead and he's i don't know who knows we'll see. basically you know it's part two of this so they have to try and get away that's the synopsis right you know yeah. try and get away from the peacekeepers that's fair and we've already had it set up that they only have 20 arms left before the planet becomes hostile to alien ah, life right time limits so yeah that'll be next time on fast get rewatch but yeah thank you for listening this was yeah, this was an interesting episode to discuss because there's there's a lot of things to talk about. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, we'll be back next week with episode three. Uh, until then, you can find us around the web on Twitter at CarmelHatsAndRed. At RedNimer7. Go to CarmelHats.co.uk for previous episodes and links to iTunes and RSS feeds. And don't forget to leave a comment or a rating on iTunes, which helps us out a lot. And yep. it's all supported by the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash and so there you go. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Have a good week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Hey, 
Hats, what are you doing? I'm just listening back to our first episode. Wow, did we really sound like that? Uh, it's crazy. It's old. Yeah, it's so old. You know, it belongs in a museum. Wait, whoa, what the... Quick, grab this. Come with me. What, what, what do you need to do with this whip? Where did the boulder come uh, from? Just, oh, God. No, just run, just keep going.